Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to the first podcast for the Supercoach Co-Captains of 2024. I'm one of your hosts, Dano, and returning and with me as always is Pado. Welcome, Pado. Yes. Hello, Dano. Hello, listeners. It's uh, been a long off season and we are finally ready to get into the swing of things. Uh, can't believe this is our fourth year doing this, Dano, which is pretty crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, it's actually quite kind of insane. I didn't know if we were going to last this long or not because of work and basketball and bloody all this other stuff that we have going on. But we've we've continued on and we've had people ask us whether we're coming back. We're like, shut the fuck up, we are. Um, so <laughs> we, we are back. And yeah, we uh, make it work for you people. Yeah, I do want to quickly shout out um, that uh, we are participating um, representing the Supercoach Co-Captains podcast on the AFL Podmasters series. Um, so they've got a series going on between all different podcasters for Supercoach. Um, and, yeah, we are being represented in there. Um, I'm doing the head-to-head leagues. Um, and, Pato, I'm assuming you're in the group one as well. Yes, you are representing us in the top league, um, which is for main content creators of each Page. So um, you better represent us well, Dano, or I will have to take your place for next year if it continues on next year. But we look forward to representing our community in that, and hopefully we get to see some success, but also just sort of having the community bound together because there's been a bit of fighting around on Twitter if you get involved in those shenanigans and just just a lot of fucking shit going around. So we yeah. want to try and spread some some positivity and, and love and, and try and get the good vibes to start 2024. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's kick off this potty with well, let's talk about structures, Pato, because I I believe that this season is the season where I think we've got to have the most amount of variety um, that we'll see, except for probably maybe the ruck line. Um, but the most amount of variety when it comes to rookies, there's going to be so many rookies, in my opinion, that are going to be debuting round one. It's fucking insane. Um, if not debuting rookies, or players that are maybe second or third season or um, players that are rookie priced that are mature age bodies that should be playing round one. There's so many of them um, in ac- across all lines, which is really rare, Pato, because usually we just get it in one or two lines maximum. But I'm pretty sure we have them in every single line this season, um, just in at early stages. What are your thoughts on that with the structures and how I do you reckon we're going to see a lot more flexibility and a lot more different structures across the board? Yes, I think it's actually really exciting. And I think adding to that the amount of trades that we're going to get, and we will potentially talk about that uh, in this episode, Dano, whether we like it or not. But yeah, I think it's very exciting because the last year or two, teams have felt pretty vanilla in that most people have similar teams and there's not really much room for any differential there in people's teams. Whereas this year, like off the top of my head, I can rattle off names like Gibkiss, Jeremy Sharp, 
uh, Jordan Sweet, that are like rookie priced, mature bodies. Like Marty Hall even spent a year out of the footy in his back now. Like these guys Off-field. can all absolutely get games, mature bodies. Yep, absolutely. There's Stevens. there's a bunch of them. On on top of the normal rookies that we're already getting, um, like your Harley Reeds and your Riley Sanders of the world. So very exciting. And and I've actually done a little bit of a play around with structures, Dana, and I posted it. For those that follow me on Twitter, I posted it. On there, just something structure-wise that I was working on is no by no means a, a team reveal, but I was playing around with the structure for those that didn't see it that has me starting with six premium midfielders. So obviously they would be keepers and just seeing what I can do on other lines because I do like the the defense line in terms of cheaper guys that will mm. probably play and score okay um, and happy to pick up some of the primos once they've dropped a bit of price and and going a bit heavier in the midfield where, well, let's be real, all the fucking points are. Yeah, yeah. And, look, I've fiddled around with my team structure um, a lot and I'm I'm kind of looking at the five primo mids, but then there's some mid prices that will pop up that I'm like, oh, should I, shouldn't I? Wait them up, probably won't. Um, There's mid prices up forward in defence, bloody... Even in the ruck line, if you want to call, let's say, a Brody Grundy a mid-pricer because he's fucking cheap. Uh, there's just so much variety there. And then you've got, like you said, um, you've got like your Gibkiss, uh, Hall, Caulfields. Then you've got like your, your Curtains as well. Um, those guys that I think that might play round one straight away that are in defense. Then you've got your bloody guys that have been traded or picked up from AFL list, like your Sharps, your Stevens, fuck Josh Sin. Um, is another one, Port Adelaide, running off half back in preseason. There's just so many, and I'm excited. Big Kev, I'm excited, if you remember him. Yes, yes. If if you're in our age bracket and above, you'll definitely remember Big Kev. But <laughs> yeah. showing our age a bit here, Dano. But I yeah. I think you mentioned mid-prices, and we may as well go into that now. I, I feel yeah. like, and this happens every single year, and I just want to put the, the warning signs out for people. Every year, there's a handful of people that train down the house in preseason, dominate preseason games. They'll come out preseason tournament where we can see them on KO. We'll see them dominate a game playing in midfield, and then they play on the fucking wing and or half forward and just score shit out. So, just relax. Don't go changing your team daily. Is my advice on this news that comes out every day with the people that are going down to training sessions and tweeting about it. Like that's great information to have. But I feel like if you've made a team now, stick with it. Obviously, we're going to get a bunch more information in the next month or so. But revisit just before round, well, round zero. Um, round zero actually presents a really good opportunity to see a lot of guys without committing to them. Mm. Um, and we can go from there. So that's that's another thing that we can be excited about, Dano, is being able to see, what, six, six teams um, – players before we even have to lock in our teams, which yeah. is absolutely unprecedented. Yeah. I I want to create a preseason award, Pato, called the Heredia Lamumba Award. <laughs> For the player that absolutely burns in preseason to the point where their ownership just skyrockets all to just fucking go shit to start the season and just be a flop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at last season alone, like – um, I've gone blank on the name, but there's that Geelong player that everyone got into their team after Jack one Bose. good preseason game. No, no, Tanner Bruin. Oh, Tanner Bruin, yes. And I got sucked in as well. I started Tanner Bruin, and, and there was also um, 
Horn Francis as well. Yep. Um, who had a 120 odd in round one, I believe last year, and then was fairly average on the year because he just wasn't playing full time mid. So people just need to cool the jets a bit. Um, back the data that we've seen last year. Now, there's a big difference between seeing data from a six-week period at the end of last season. Like, that's really helpful because we've seen it at AFL level. But preseason data is very skewed. Uh, you've also got senior guys that don't put in 100% during preseason games. So they might float at a half-forward, someone like a Petrarca, even though there's reports coming out that he's dominating. Um He's probably going at 60-70% and the young guys will come in and they're keen to prove that they deserve a round one spot. So you just have to be very, very careful about these teams coming out and these people going out to – like I'm full credit to the guy, the people that are going out and watching these training sessions and reporting. Like that's great to have that data for people that maybe can't do that. But just, just call the Jets. Don't be reactionary on that. Wait till we can see some footage of on KO – um, or Foxhole, or however you watch your, your preseason footy, and just react off that. Yeah. So, are we? Do we want to just touch on some mid prices now, or just wait until we do our line comparisons um, over the next few weeks, Pato? Uh, we can touch on mid prices now if you want. Just like oh, just off the top of my head, there's two in the midfield that people have been looking at, um, excluding the mid forwards. That's Matt Crouch and also Ollie Wines. Oh, sorry, three and Carl Amon as well. I, I, I get the appeal with Amon, but if you're bringing him in in the mids, hoping that he gets defensive status, that's where I'm a bit iffy. Um, Ollie Wines back to being in the middle, getting heaps of CBAs in preseason. I would honestly just watch and see how he's going. And Matt Crouch's last, like the tail end. I like with those ones that are like Matt Crouch is like four ninety k. You'd, if you're picking him at 490k, you want him to be a keeper. This is exactly what I was talking about, Dana. Like, yeah. we saw some data last year with Matt Crouch, yes, but has he put together a full season ever? Uh, I think one year. Maybe, yeah, like, maybe 2017 when they. Let's, let's look at some of the grand final. prices. Taylor Adams at the moment is in 15% of teams. See, that I, I understand the appeal, but that still blows my mind because even it's the same with Port Adelaide. There are other guys that are ahead of them in the pack, pecking order. Like, I don't see a world where Ollie Wines moves in ahead of Butters, Rosie, even Willem Drew, who they love as a defensive guy. Like, who's he knocking out of, out of that main rotation? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's look at, let's look at some more. So we got Cam Guthrie in there. Some people are now, there Cam is Guthrie. a name. That one's, there is a name yeah. that gets my pants, pants aroused, Dano. And look, we love the Guff. Sounds like an STI. Um, I I, I kind of don't want to touch Geelong players bar one for obvious reasons being Stuart. Um, but he's not even in my draft at the moment. I Again, you're bringing these guys like Cam, Cam Guthrie because he's like 420K. Okay, he's, he can actually make money. But again, if you're picking him at that price, I feel like that you need to have them for the rest of the year. Can he go... 105 for the year, Pato, in your thoughts? I think he can. He spent all last year very injured, and he was in and out of the team really struggling with that shoulder. And then I think he got an ankle as well that he was struggling with. So I can see a bit of a rebound. I just don't know if it's going to be enough to be considered an, M- an M8. Yeah, man, that's that's what you got to weigh up. Interesting, though, more people have George Wardlaw 
in their team than Carl Lamon or Ollie Wines at the moment. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Where was Woodball last year? I'm trying to... He, that was his first season last year. Average 65. Oh, he was a high draft pick that came in, yes. Yeah. He came in late, um, played eight games for a 65.4 average. Yeah, so I don't he, love that. I don't love that. He's 365K, very awkwardly priced, and he's in 8% of teams. If you're going to take a flyer on someone at that price range, I'd look at a Weddle or a Windhager instead. Yeah. Well, speaking of Weddle and Windhager, so um, I'm I'm going – so my my basis on a mid-pricer for me is anywhere between 300000 to 500000 that's what I'm deeming as a mid pricer. So, Kitty Coleman is in 18% of teams, 398k. That I actually can dig. That one I don't mind. Uh, Windhager in 6% of teams at 323. Weddle in 5% of teams at 373. My boy that I said that I would consider picking this year, and he's been floated in and out of my team. I want to see him in preseason. Do you remember who that is, Pato? Is it? From St Kilda? No. Uh, is it Wangane Malera? Correct. He's in 5% of teams at the moment. He's he's one that I really want to keep a close eye on, but I can't seem to fit him in my team. But at the moment, I've also got Dacos in my team, um, and I don't like his first five rounds. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like you got freaking... Yeah, there, there's there's a fair few in, interesting ones. Um, your boy, Alex Witherden, or our boy, I should say, 1% of teams. Yeah, so Witherden is someone I'd like to talk about. I I think now that Hearn has retired, and um, huge shout-out to the old man legend, Shannon Hearn, um, I, the ball is clearly going to spend a lot of time in West Coast defence. Alex Witherden will be on kickouts. Um, he has history as a supercoach scorer, as the primary ball user in that back line. And from round 16 onwards, his scores last year, this was, he scored 111, 92, 103, 123, 72, 107, 133, 85 and 55 in the final game of the season, which was Hearn's final game. And I'm pretty sure Hearn went nuts in that game. So I, I think there's a bit of data there to suggest that he might have a bit of a spike. Now, is that spike enough to be a top eight to 10 defender? remains to be seen. A lot might depend on the health of Jeremy McGovern, um, mm. which I think is a big one because when he plays, he handles a, the ball a fair bit out of defense. Um, but yeah, within it has history, um, even back when he was at Carlton, uh, sorry, Brisbane, um, he had a, a fairly, I think it was his debut year, wasn't it? Where he scored really well and it was a nice cash cow. Yeah. Yeah, but then he got dropped because his defensive efforts weren't good as a defender. Work that one out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brisbane uh, did all right after that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Up in the forward line, you got Sam Flanders, who's currently in my team, but I want to see how, I want to see how Dimmer uses him, whether he uses him as a mid or not. So he's at four ninety four, okay, in thirty six percent of teams at the moment. I, I hope that he does really well in round one and people get jumped into, I should say trapped into starting him because this has Burnman written all over it. This has Tanner Bruin written all over it. Hang on. Um, hang I know on. there was some data it last year. There's a new coach. There's a new system. That's, you can't say Tanner Bruin when Tanner Bruin had literally no previous history to suggest. 
he had one preseason game where Sam Flanders actually has previous history to suggest, hey, he is a he is a brilliant scorer when he's in the middle. The question is, does he play in the middle under Dimmer? How long I does can't he play see in the happening middle? As long as um, their three main guys are in there, so Raul, uh, Tuke, and Anderson, I, they're the three I, main guys. Can I say something? Of course. Gold Coast's problem was that they didn't spread the load amongst multiple, like five to six mids. They focused on the three. The the amount of time that those three played in the middle was like over 70 to 80%, whereas all other teams had a a better spread across five to six blokes. So when, um, fuck, what's his name? The pie eater. Stuart Jew. When Stuart Jew left... Well, sorry, didn't leave. He got replaced. He got the sack. Um, and the interim coach came in. They started spreading across five to six players. And then Sam Flanders became one of those five to six that rotated through the mids, and that's where his scoring spiked. So if Dimmer goes with the five to six player spread, I can see Sam Flanders scoring really well. It's just a matter of, like, how how much he'll play in there. I reckon so he'll be the fourth final- guy. In the final three rounds when Tuuk was back playing midfield, Flanders scored 65, 62, and 53. That's a big fat no from me. Sorry. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Natural progression, though. He is still young. He might get to 70. And he's still not He's not even priced at that. Okay. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Zach Fisher's another one, 67.8 average in 8% of teams, but he's got the hammy issues at the moment. Um, look, let's go through our structures at the moment, Pato. Let's see who we're kind of looking at for the moment and start with your defense. What what kind of structure are you going in your, your defense right now? So at the moment, I'm going with one Uber Primo in defense. So whether that's Stuart or Sicily, I'm still tossing up. Uh, not going to go with Dacos early days. He's got Sydney in round one, and I believe he has in round two Hawthorne. Yeah, he's got... I know he's got McGuinness and Windhager in the first five rounds. Yeah, so I'm I'm backing him to get tagged a fair bit. Even if he does move into the midfield permanently, um, it's a no from me to start. Um, so I'm thinking Stewart or Sicily. Um, Hayden Young is an absolute lock. Um, now, I know kind of contradicts with what I mentioned before about clubs coming out and saying he's training down the house, but he, by all accounts, is moving full-time into the midfield, and um, that is very arousing. His final four games last year in the midfield, 123, 118, 113, 111. So I'm I'm predicting a big jump in scoring from Hayden Young. Um, he'll be in a lot of teams anyway, so we don't yeah. have to go too much into that. Um, and I'm liking a Witherden type as my D3. Mm-hmm. Um, at the very least, makes a bit of money, so then I can flip him on later on um, with these abundance of trades that we've got this year and then just okay. going Zach Williams on um, from there. Yeah. So at the moment, I've literally just swapped Dacos out while we were talking because he was just a placeholder there for me because he was the most expensive. I swapped him out for Stuart. So at the moment, I've gone three primos, which is Sicily, Stuart, Young, and then I go straight into a Williams and then i got the four rookies in Curtin, Gibkiss, Hoare and Caulfield at the moment. And nice. I like. I think there's some really reliable defense rookie price players this year, oh, uh, which yeah. is unlike most years. So I feel like people really need to take advantage of that. Now I know, I know there will be some really high scoring defenders early days. Um, 
Sicily Stewart are the main two, but you've got Dacos will have his big games, obviously, because he's a fucking jet. Yeah. Um, even Luke Ryan, like, exploded at the start of last year. Jack Sinclair, those sort of guys, like, they they, they will explode. Um, one that I think is being slept on a bit and is only 1% of teams is Jaden Short. I think um, <laughs> that's one person whose preseason can sway me, but that would be a case of turning Witherden into Short. Um, he's also one of my favorite players. So that there's a bit of a soft spot there. Um, and the other one's Ridley, who I really like. But again, yeah. because we have so many nice guys priced really cheaply in defense, I feel like stocking up in, in your midfield is the way to go. Yeah. Thoughts on Heath Chapman at the moment? Because I've been looking into him, but I just can't seem to squeeze him in. Now, yeah, Heath Chapman is someone I, I um, posed to you a couple of weeks ago, Dano. And, um, I like him. I want to see the role first, but he's definitely on my radar. As much as I want to avoid guys that aren't primos or rookies, um, he's in a really awkward price point. Um, I'm trying to remind myself by scrolling down. He's 380. No, he's 250. Yeah. Yeah. Very attractive. Very, very attractive. I like it. Um, Three matches in 2023 for an average of 64. So, very awkward price point, uh, but he's someone that could become your D6 until your final upgrade if you're looking to try and get Dacos in. So I don't mind it, but, yeah, I need to see the role first, but there is absolutely a wing spot there available at Freo. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go on to the mids at the moment. Um, so what's your structure looking like in the midfield? So as I said before, I've got six premiums, uh, which will obviously be keepers barring injury or whatnot. Um, and then I'm going, yeah, full guns and rookies. So six primos, five rookies. Um, and I've got the two more expensive guys in McKercher and Sanders. They look like the pick of the midfield rookies from the rookie crop. Um, and then there's some decent options in Sharp and Clark. Jai Clark from Geelong, I really like. Didn't get to debut last year. Top 10 draft pick, I think. He can hopefully be part of that midfield rotation and make us some money early. That would be great. Do you remember our Twitter exchange, sorry, X exchange, where I was talking about Jai Clark and um, I reckon he's going to go under the radar and literally two days later, Tim Mitchell posts that article mentioning Jai Clark. I'm like, fuck you, Tim. (laughs) Before or after he blocked you. Oh, he hasn't blocked me. No, Tim hasn't blocked me. Tim's a good guy. He he knows where it's at, unlike... Someone else. Well, let's not get, we're spreading good vibes this year, Dana. Good vibes, good vibes. We're not the bad boys of Supercoach anymore. Good vibes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, at the at the moment, I'm I'm kind of torn as to who I pick as my primo, like my M1. So I think it's I think it's obvious. I think you ignore the price point and you go Bonton Pally. See, I I can't. I'm I'm seven k off of him. Seven k off seven k. So at the moment, I've got Petrarca in there, but I, as a POD, I never thought I'd say this, and you're going to be like, no, Dane, don't. Clayton Oliver has returned to training, <laughs> and he's in one of the No, no, no. Put the, put the glass Barbie down. No. And and the Scottfather. Leave it. The Scottfather, bloody myself, Jay Peterman, have all been looking at Clayton Oliver going, hmm. That's a pretty decent POD there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I basically, if I can find that 7K, um, I can, look, I can just downgrade Dan Curtin right now 
in defence and then go Marcus Bontempelli there. Um, so yeah. Bontempelli is priced at 724000 He had one score below 100 all year last year, Dana, and that was an 89 in round three. Um, other than that, literally 100-plus every single game. He's almost an automatic captain, um, was a big part of why I was so successful in my captaincy scores yeah. last year. Um, I think you just pick him and you throw away the key. The Bulldogs are in a bit of a position where they need to fucking do something because they've got the best player in the league in their club and he's not going to take not making finals every year. So they've got to do something and he's the one that will, yeah, has been carrying them, will carry them. I think you just you pick it and you don't ask questions. There you go. I just swapped Curtin out for O'Sullivan in defence and I got him in. So now <laughs> my my midfield, so this is why we do – it's. It's kind of like live podcasting kind of night. Um, my midfield at the moment now is Bontempelli M1, Rory Laird M2. I think it's the year of Andy Brayshaw, but I've been switching him in and out for Tom Green at the moment. So Andy Brayshaw at the moment, M3, Sam Walsh, M4, Tuk Miller, M5. And then I've got McKercher, Watson, Watson Sanders as three rookies on field. And then I've got Jeremy Sharp on the bench for obvious reasons. But the other two bench spots I've got, and everyone knows I love – researching my rookies. Cooper Stevens is one that's gone from Geelong to Hawthorne and the comments coming out of Hawthorne saying that he's a clearance beast and they won't be surprised if he plays round one are really positive, really positive. But that's another one. Who's he replacing in that Hawks midfield? Like, what's I know Wooden Day is going to miss. <laughs> Honestly, wouldn't surprise me if they dropped Warple. They don't know before. Um yeah, Cooper Stevens won, and dude, he's 123K. Who cares? The other one's Josh Sin at the moment because the reports coming out of Port Adelaide is he's playing off that halfback. He's a high draft pick. He spent time in the sand full. He's been doing his dues again. And I remember we picked him one season previously, um, his debut season. And look, it's priced at 123K again, and I, I like Josh Sin, and I hope that he plays early, and I hope he gets that money up. Yeah, no, hopefully. Um, Port Adelaide have been pretty decent for rookies as well. Once they get into the team, they kind of get trusted to stay there, except for the whole Dylan Williams shitstorm last year where he was a sub and still got uh, on his third game. Anyway, let's not get into that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. So I, I haven't spent a bunch of time picking my team. I, I did a five-minute sort of draft on my lunch break the other day, and that's the team that I did post on X. Um, but at the moment, the primos that I like in midfield are Bonson Pally, Zach Butters. I think he's going to take another step again this year and just dominate. Yep. Luke Davies Uniac, who I think is a bit of value. And I know there's some soft tissue history stuff there, but starting him is a lot better than trading him in, then out, then in and wasting all those trades. I'm on board with Andy Brayshaw as well. I, I like the, f- the the Frio buy situation. They've got a late buy and a, they have a buy in round zero as well. So um, I really like that. Sam Walsh, I like for a bit of a rebound year. I think he was a bit down last year because of the back, but I think he's yeah. ready to really bounce back this year. And Jack Steele, another one. Um, mm. I'm going there again, Dano. <laughs> I think the value is too good. Um as long as he's healthy in preseason, I think I'm going to go there again and probably hate myself by round three. Honestly, I was considering putting him in as M5 and just having Rory Laird as my M1, saving about 200k off Bontempelli and using that 200k. 529,000, which is just absurd. I know. For 
know Jack Steele can do. I know. And I'm honestly looking at, like, as soon as I go, Bont out to Steele, boom, I got 201,000 left over. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yep. And you've got, like, all, all these fallen premiums. Took was over 600 grand. Steel over 600 grand. I can Sam Walsh over 600 grand. Andy Brayshaw is discounted and he's just over 600 grand. Fucking Rory Laird is discounted and he's still in the 600,000 range. Like, it's fucked up. The amount of primos that can play above their price tag is ridiculous in the midfield. Yep, agreed. Yeah. Uh, Ruckline, really quickly, what are you going with? Sorry, coughed right when you, you cut to me there. Uh, yeah. At the moment, I'm going Gaundy. Um, I am open to taking a little bit of a rusk, ruck risk and going with Marshall instead of Gaunt. But Grundy is locked in. He's too cheap to ignore. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, a ruck line is, I think, where you can have a bit of a differential, even if you try and find the money for Tim English. I know he's had some concussion stuff and – He's burnt me so much the last two years not having him, but um, fuck, he's good when he's playing. Yeah, see, I've gone Gaundy as well, and then Jordan Sweet on the bench. Yeah, yes, Sweet, as if he plays round one. Um, I, I think people need to call the Jets on him a bit. I've heard some chatter about possibly playing him R2. I think that's mad because Soldo and Sweet, I think, will both ruck, and they'll both probably score about 70-ish on average each. So, yeah. Right as a bench option at, at Sweet's price point. Um, but yeah, wouldn't be going there as a starter personally. Uh, Briggles Dana, 109 average. Can he, uh, can he back it up? I reckon he can back it up. But the, the thing is, there's just too much value in Gorn and Grundy for my liking. Like you just save so much yep. money. Yeah. So if you want a massive POD, Briggs is the man. But I think that you can get P- a POD elsewhere by spreading that saved cash across other lines. Yeah, I think if you want to go a bit cheaper, a, a cherry could be an interesting option. Um, I don't know. Well, I, I was looking into Matty Flynn, but Matty Flynn is the same price as Brody Grundy. So, And I think Williams will play as well, so they'll do a bit of jaw rucking. Yeah, so look, I feel like it's Gaundy or you go Grundy and one of freaking English or Gorn. Maybe Marshall, maybe. But I don't, yeah, I can't see any any others. No. Yeah. Forward line's a bit fucked for primos, though, Pato. Who you got? What's your structure up forward? Because mine's all over the shop. So at the moment, I've got sort of one and a half primos. So Jack McRae's locked in with the Bailey Smith news. I think McRae gets a bit more midfield time than did last year. Heard reports of McRae was dealing with some stuff last year, and that's why he didn't have a bunch of midfield time. Still scored fine, and honestly, he averaged ninety nine point nine last year. He's a he's a forward. Like ninety nine point nine in the forward line is fine. And if he does happen to go back to his midfield time, um, you're looking at a Josh Dunkley type score from last year um, in McRae. So I, I think he should be locked into more teams of fifty two percent personally. Um, and I think once preseason starts, that will b- jump up a lot. I like Jeremy Cameron. Um, Dano, he's currently my F2. Um, I like it because there's a bit of growth there. There's break even of 83. Um, I think he'll make money at the very least. Um, has a decent early run as well. So he's got Collingwood and Carlton round one and two. That's not great. But then he plays, well, the Suns isn't great either. But then they've got Hawks, uh, Eagles, Swans, Bombers, Crows, Tigers. 
So I liked that run. Um, this will be a buy play for me. Um, if he can start off the year like he did last year. Um, oh, no, sorry. I was reading his last year's stats. Sorry. His <laughs> run this year to start with. So he's got the Saints, the Crows, the Hawks, the Dogs, the Kangaroos. Uh, the Lions is a tough game. Then he's got the Blues. Then plays Melbourne, Port Adelaide, Gold Coast, GWS, Richmond, Sydney until his buy. So I like that. I think I think there's growth there. Um, then you just sort of decide at his buy whether he's a keeper or we find out who can get DPP and work it out from there. But I just like the price point. I think there's a bit of growth there. And yeah, he started the year last year was tremendous until he started getting some some injuries halfway through the year. And right, let's be real, everything will have to go through him in that forward line. He'll probably push up the ground a bit like he did last year again as well. So he'll get plenty of the footy, and I think I think he'll really have a great year again, as much as I hate to say it, because I do not like the Cats at all. <laughs> and then I've gone Fuck Harley Reid. <laughs> yeah, Harley Reid, Finn McRae, and then Rookies. So that's the structure I'm playing with at the moment, Dano. So I was floating an idea where you just go for one primo up forward and then go four primos in defense. Um, at the moment, I got two primos up forward, so Jack McRae, and then I've got my Flanders at F2, and I know you don't like it, but I've got 201000 in the bank right now because I swapped Bonte out for Steel. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to do a bit more fiddling. Um, but I've got the man, the myth, the legend that is Nat Fife. At F3 at the moment. Pre-season hype, Fife. I know I went with him last year and I'm probably going to burn myself again, but YOLO, we got 40 trades. Who gives a fuck? Uh, (laughs) So I can always go down because there's so many forward rookies. Um, Then I got Harley Reid, F4, Dersma, F5, Finn McRae, F6, then Wilson and Manor on the bench. So I just want to know what the fuck to do with this 201K. I hate the forward line primos. They are shocking. I'd love to see um, your boy out of Richmond, um, Shea Bolton, actually go really well because I really want to pick him. I would love to have him as my F2. Um, My favourite player uh, in the league. I I love watching him play. Um, See, you mentioned about having four primo defenders, but... I just think the the rookie price players in defense are that much more reliable than the forward rookies available that I just think that could backfire. Um, and I understand the more points on field early days, but if you can lo- if you can load up midfield wise um, and your forward line, you sort of take what you can get with the fucking the spare parts that we get um, get to pick from, um, and then just work it, let it work itself out with DPPs and. We can even target sort of keep forward runs um, a little bit like an FPL or fantasy play where you just you find a, a key forward that has West Coast and North Melbourne and all these teams um, coming up and you just sort of target a four-week block and then you trade him in and out again and make the bank the cash. Like I think that could be a bit of a play this year, but, but you're right. Like you look at the top six or seven guys in, in the forward line. So you've got Jack McRae, who I think is pretty reliable, but then you've got Luke Jackson, who as long as Sean Darcy's healthy and playing, that's not a great play. Yeah. Um, Charlie Curnow, like he scores well, but it's it's a yo-yo um, being a key forward. Shea Bolton's a bit of a yo-yo as well and, and has started getting a bit of tagging attention because of how dynamic he is and, and crucial to Richmond success he is. 
And then you've got Dusty, who actually had a sneaky, like, okay year last year, getting a bit more midfield time than the previous year. So not not sexy picks. But, like, Caleb Daniel, like, there's a lot of question marks there. Where's he even going to play? Like, midfield, yeah. forward, pocket, ruck, like, it's Bevo. Um, Toby Green, like, yeah, great on his day. And, and then you've got, like, Dylan Moore. Like, that doesn't excite yeah. me too much until, unless there's a big role change. So forward line's poop. Yeah, it's shit. Ben Keys, what the fuck's going on there? Oh no, he's a forward. No, no, no. That's that's what no. I mean. Like Lee, Liam Baker, what's going on with that? You never know what the fuck his role is. Well, new coach, so that is maybe one to watch for. But I, I still think he's too far behind in the pecking order in the midfield. Like you got Thompson Dow, Jack Graham of those sort of fringe midfield guys, and then then the young guys coming through as well. So. Can't see Liam Baker settling into the midfield. I think he'll end up settling in in the forward line again. Yeah. I'm just scrolling through a lot of the mid prices and nothing really screams out. Pick me. Um, the Zach Fisher call would have been good if he wasn't so fucking injury prone, I reckon. I reckon he would have done Seagull's evil. Um, but, yeah, he's still in 8% of teams, even though he's got the hamstring issues right now. Um yeah, I mean, Jay- one one interesting one could be Nick Larky. Speaking of the Kangaroos, um, I know he's a key forward, but kicked a bunch of goals last year in a really shit team. If you, if you think the Kangaroos can get a little bit better, uh, there's a world in which he could maybe get an eighty to eighty five average and make some money. But it's clutching at straws there. Like it's a, the forward line is poop. Now there's some preseason watch guys like Jade Gresham, awkward price, but. Could be good. You never know. Um, just look, there you yeah. go. He plays at Essendon now. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's a preseason watch. Um, Jack Graham kind of fell off the face of the earth a bit, but he didn't have a preseason last year, and he's actually having a full preseason this year. So, yeah, that guy never has preseason. So, it'd be interesting to see what role he plays. If he can get that midfield role somehow, you know, we all know I love Jack Graham. Um, I think he has a role to play in the midfield if he gets in there, but can't yeah. see it happening. Yeah. And then scrolling down, I just want to say his name. I'm, he's not a, a, even a pickable, but Arch, Archie Percocet. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to say Percocet. Um, going down further, Logan fucking... Logan um, McDonald is an intriguing one to me with no buddy. Nah. I just can't... Like, you scroll down further, there's one... That's not really a mid pricer, but he's like 280k, I think. Let's scroll down. Tom Lynch. That's Tom Lynch, correct. So he's one that I have been looking at. Like, fuck, man, you could literally pick him at F2. Don't hate it because you know he'll at least make money. Yeah, that's what I mean. And then, like, let's say if you go Tom Lynch, like an F2, man, I've just now my budget is 407,900 remaining. <laughs> There's your Bontempelli money. Yeah, but, oh, shit, could I actually turn a Nick Watson into Bontempelli? No, 597K, never mind. Uh, (laughs) Oh, fuck, that would be great stack in the mids. Um, But, yeah, so, like, like, but then you could run him with a forward line with fucking McRae F1, Tom Lynch F2, Nat Fife F3. There is a bloke that I've been eyeing off in preseason and... James Jordan. Yes, and then the articles came out that he's been burning in the middle. But the question is, will he play over the likes of like an Adams and whatnot? Who was like when when James Jordan was picked up? Did I not say he's the biggest fucking lock 
up forward for Supercoach next year. And then after I said that, they traded and got fucking Taylor Adams. I'm like, fuck. So, yeah, but he's, I, I he's still, a real watch. But I still think with Sydney, like, Golden hasn't gone anywhere. Chad Warner, Luke Parker. Callum Mills has a huge question mark over him because of his uh, Mad Monday shenanigans. Um, even Isaac Heaney, like, I, I know most of them will probably possibly play forward, but I can't see James Jordan getting the midfield minutes that would warrant him being a good pick. Yeah. And I just I see them sticking him on a on a wing, and I, that could be good. Like the SCG is nah. a very small ground. Nah. Um, Golden Golden dominated on on a wing last year and averaged 111, so it can be done. But, but he is not a winger. Melbourne tried that out, and neither Zero Golden. <laughs> he he's just not a natural winger, and I don't. They they literally recruited him to be a clearance machine, but then so, they also recruited Taylor Adams. <laughs> So, so where's Luke Parker yeah. playing? Luke Parker's in his 30s, man. I can see him going back to his half-forward role with some stints in the middle. So then you're knocking out one of Gordon or Warner. Well, Warner can also play up forward. But, yeah, Gould, we'll Gordon, yeah. I, I can see. I can honestly see, like, Callum Mills not returning into the guts at all. Yeah, such a shame. He's 490K. <laughs> I know. And I can just see them using him to plug holes. That's all he's ever going to be now. Um, unless James Jordan doesn't fire and Taylor Adams gets injured. It's a shame. It's an absolute fucking shame because he's a beast. He is. Has the, probably one of the highest, if not the highest, super coach scoring potentials in the league. Yep. He and does. Horse just he uses does him as a fucking plug. <laughs> anyway. Um, did you get any questions, Pato? Uh, I think we got a few. forgot about the questions, to be honest. Better get those up. Yeah, I'm going to quickly go over here. Um, yeah, we got some. So the first one, Ryan on Facebook. <laughs> Fucking missed this bloke. G'day, boys. Welcome back. Do you reckon now is a good time to start investing in crypto? The Australian government seems to keep pushing for a cashless society, which it, as a business owner, I'm dead against. But it seems inevitable. What do you reckon? Do I dig up the 15K cash in the backyard and hit up the Dogecoin? Missed you, Ryan. Too, missed, missed too volatile shit. for mine. Yeah, I, I've i given up on the crypto. Um, but he is right, though. Everyone's pushing for a cashless society, and I don't like it. Cash is king. I mean, there was a bank recently in Australia that, that just um, got rid of all their branches and no longer offer cash to their clients. Yeah. Bank West, um, so it's happening. It's coming. Chris Walker-Jones says, Welcome back, Kings. How are you treating the buy round mess this season? Does the one buy factor raise players like Butters slash Brayshaw higher up your list than people with terrible buy rounds like Tom Green? Also, can we consider Hinge from Adelaide? Seems underpriced considering how his last six rounds finished up. So this is the reason why I was tossing up between Tom Green and Brayshaw was literally, be- and you know me, you know I don't give a fuck about buy rounds, but now we've got so fucking many of them, I had to actually consider it for a change. And that's why I went Brayshaw over Tom Green. So I think it has to it has to come into things. Yeah, and it's, especially if you're fifty fifty on two players like Brayshaw v Green, I think you've got to go with a Brayshaw who has a much better run um, because he only yeah has that one buy because he plays in um, in O round. Yeah, uh, has the buy in O round. The uh, opening round. Yeah, it's f- such a fucking stupid. Let's call it round one. <laughs> yeah, like honestly. Um. Let me just quickly. Oh, I've broken Google here. 
because I forgot to get up um, Mitch Hinge's super coach scoring because he did have a good tail end to the year. Um, let's have a look. So his average went from 67.5 to 84.9, but his last, let's say, let's go from round 20. So from round 20, even though round 19 makes his average better, round 20, he went 101, 123, 100, 82, and 91. If you factor in round 19, he got 105 then. So he, and I, was he playing off a wing or off half back? Can't remember. I uh, couldn't tell you. I, I haven't done the DFS uh, research or anything. I'd have to look into it. But, um, yeah, I didn't watch too many Adelaide games last year. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd honestly just have a look into Mitchie Hinge. Um, what I can say is after last year's debacle start where I was so adamant that I was going to start Jack Buckley then realized that no one was fucking talking about him and being a podcaster, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I should follow the herd. And then Jack Buckley made so much fucking money and no one really had him except for a very few select few. I regretted it. I'm like, just go with your fucking gut. That's that's why we play this game, yeah? Back yourself in. If shit doesn't and, work, just fucking trade. <laughs> yeah, do, do your research. Don't just listen to everyone else. Um, use the eye test. See as much vision as you can. Look at roles. Look at fitness and all that sort of stuff, and and make your own decisions. Like obviously, there's heaps of brilliant content out there for people to consume, and and it's a good like guide. But still, yeah, back in your own gut, back in your own research, and um, yeah, good luck putting your teams together. Yeah, Lloydie has a two parter. He goes, "Can I start Barras this year?" And then he goes, seriously, though, can you talk me out of starting both Fife and Yo? <laughs> okay. I'm going to let you answer the first one. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I deserve this, but I'm getting a lot of brass uh, <laughs> commentary on, on Facebook and, and Twitter and everything, like, X and all that. But <laughs> see, f- the Fife and I, I don't think if you're going to start one, you, you surely don't start both because if they both get injured in round two, you know, it can really hurt in getting in a must-have rookie that you didn't start. Like those trades early days are really important. Um, I can see a world where starting one of them could pay off um, depending on how everyone's um, preseason is looking. Um, Yo is a lot more expensive than... Fife at 447,000 and he's a defender. Um, can also depend on role as well. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I, you've already heard me. I'm not considering Yo. I'm considering Fife. And also, I picked Fife last year and it fucking backfired, but that's, that's the game. I might have picked him a season too early, Pato. Might have picked him a no, season too early. This could be you, the year. You picked of, him a decade too life. late. <laughs> Fife is life. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, the brass thing fucking gets me every time I see that. <laughs> um, we did have another question on Twitter, but I feel like, or oh, sorry, X, whatever fuck you want to call it. But I feel like that we can do that one next week because we need to put a bit of time into it. And that is from Nerds for Life, uh, run by one of our avid listeners, um, who is Pantelis or Peter. Um, so he actually went and said, and we do this every year anyway. He says, looking forward to the podcast. Who are your end-of-year top eight forwards, two rucks, ten mids, eight defenders? Then see how many get right by season's end. 
Yeah. I feel like um, we can do that next week. Yeah. Next podcast. Yeah. Sounds great. Sounds great. Put a little bit of thought into that one. Yeah. All right. Pato, do you want to say your Twitter or sorry, fucking hell. I keep saying Twitter X handle <laughs> for everyone. Yes. Uh, it's at P-A-T-T-O-S-Triple-C. And mine is at D-A-N-E-O-S-Triple-C. Now I'm going to plug someone else right now, which is that AFL Podmasters um, Twitter. If you want to keep up to date with everything to do with this um, Supercoach Podmasters that we're doing. Um, so their Supercoach Podmasters um, is at D-R-K-A-N-D-O. So at Dr. Kando. Um, they've also got another one, uh, which my fucking thing doesn't want to do but anyway follow them um you'll get updates every single week about how we're going against all the other podcasters um i'm actually really looking forward to this and i hope that we can get our name up in big bright lights Pato. yeah you better do us proud better fucking do us proud with fife um so from us at the super coach co-captains i'm dano and i'm Pato. and this is us signing the fuck off fuck geelong